Well, Rick, this is a conversation I've been both looking forward to and somewhat kind of dreading because of all of the different topics that we've covered in this regifting series. Really? You're dreading today's conversation? Well, maybe dreading is overstating it a little bit, but I knew that this was probably going to be the message that was going to hit me a little bit more where I'm vulnerable than okay. the other okay. ones. And in an area of my own life where I feel like I've got some work to do yet, and uh, and I wasn't wrong. I I was deeply impacted by the message this weekend. So, so I, I both want to like high five you and slap you at the same time. <laughs> okay. Well, you have my interest peaked. I'm really looking forward to where this conversation is going to go today. Welcome to the Church's Messy Podcast. In this final week of the Regifting Sermon Series, Rick and I have a vulnerable conversation about vulnerability. Before we really dive into what we're talking about today, should we give people a heads up for what's coming in the next episode? Yeah, let's do that, because I'm excited for the next episode. We have received some great questions along the way throughout the Regifting series, and a lot of people have really had a lot of, uh, of powerful points and good discussions in their small group, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some questions have come to us directly, but we want to put it out there for an entire episode next week. We just want to answer questions that have come up during this Regifting Series. I look forward to that. Absolutely. So how do, where do they send their questions to? I'm trying to remember the Super email address. Super easy. People can just email podcast at autumnridgechurch.org with whatever questions they would like to have us cover next week. Okay. That'll be next week's episode. I look forward to it. And anything's on the table from any of the different messages, not just this most recent one, but from all six, we'd love to hear uh, what, what kind of things have come up in your discussions, on your own individual minds. Okay. Anything's Great. available. Great. Well, I'm trying not to feel the feels right now. I'm, I'm trying to, to to turn down the sense of butterflies in my stomach <laughs> based on how you introduced this conversation, but I'm just going to follow your lead. What what are, What is it that you want to talk about? Well, did I make you feel a little vulnerable there? Oh, yeah, a little Hopefully bit. Hopefully not little inadequate. Bit. Yeah. No. <laughs> Well, it is what it is. If you're weak, this is the chance for God's power to shine through you right now, Rick. This is a chance for me to, you know, to to for my uh, for uh, me to put my money where my mouth is and just all right. I'll listen. If I look like a dummy, I look like a dummy. It's a great canvas for Jesus to show off his his greatness. Yeah, no, no, no. You're not going to look like a dummy in any of this. But uh, but no, I think this was a really helpful message. And I've long loved these verses in Second Corinthians okay. about God's grace being sufficient for mm. us and his power and our weakness. But in the past, when I've reflected on these verses, it's usually been just in the context of suffering, that there's something that that is a difficult circumstance in our life, and it just doesn't seem to be going away. And God's grace is is a kindness given to us to, to handle that, to endure that. Mm. And I don't think that's not what this verse is saying, but Certainly it's includes saying that. more than that. Oh, yeah. There's more to it. Mm-hmm. There's more to it. I mean, imagine pouring your heart and soul out for people, and you 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 haven't just loved them well. You haven't just sacrificed well. You have taken on pain after pain after pain for them, and now they're second-guessing you. Mm-hmm. And other people are trying to win their hearts and turn them away from you and ultimately turn them away from Jesus. And it is, it's not like the context of persecution or, or, or suffering in the way we might think about, but it is deep disappointment, deep sadness, deep, mm-hmm. deep heartbreak in the midst of 
in, in the midst of continuing on in ministry and Paul saying the grace of Jesus is sufficient even in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's broader, it's deeper, it's richer. Uh, yeah, it's powerful. These are powerful words that I think should be profoundly encouraging for mm-hmm. us, regardless of what we're experiencing. Absolutely. But in the, the context of the power of God to shine through, not despite our weakness, but in our weakness, mm. is I find that to be um, both very encouraging and yet also a little threatening. Tell me, tell me about that. Why threatening? Well, so you know, like for example, in the the question that you asked when you ended the message with that long, long list of of things for us to consider, if we ever hold back because we're feeling either potentially foolish or weak or inadequate. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say that I wrestle with with being afraid of appearing foolish. Okay. But weak and inadequate, mm. yeah. Okay. I mean, I was both either raised in certain ways or had uh, professional backgrounds. Like in, in my pilot career, mm-hmm. appearing weak is not necessarily a good look for a female pilot. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. I mean, that's a very, that for a long, long time, it was a very male-dominated um, occupation. Mm-hmm. And you probably, it was probably an uphill slog trying to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. And you didn't just have to be strong. You had to be extra strong. You didn't have to be right. You had to be extra right. I mean, my goodness. Um, I can, that makes sense to me. That mm-hmm. makes that makes a lot of sense. And even being a single mom, just different life circumstances mm. that I've had have probably overdeveloped a sense of needing to be strong for myself and for other people. You got it together. You're strong. So, so from, I, can, I'm can I be honest about me? Well, yeah. Please. For me, it's the foolishness. Like my like the deepest, uh, scariest, ugliest insecurity that I have is that I'm not smart enough. Hmm. And so I decided, why don't I come be a pastor with maybe the smartest <laughs> congregation in America, <laughs> you know, in one of the highest educated cities, not just in the United States, but on the planet. And I'm just going to stand <laughs> up and talk to those guys every day. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like I'm filleting my soul every week. Yeah. It's messing with my messing with that insecurity, but I think it's good. It's part of the whole, um, it, it's just, this is something that I believe that Jesus wants to use to grow us here. Okay. Here's mm-hmm. our, where I pull back. And, and, and let me tell you why I asked that question. The reason why I said, where do you hold back is because we're afraid of people aren't going to accept us or they're going to think less of us. Or if we hold back from doing what we believe is right and good and loving because of the way that we might appear to others, that's saying, Jesus, your grace isn't enough. Mm. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's awesome. It's not sufficient. Mm-hmm. But if it's sufficient, it's, it doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt, but I'm going to be okay if you reject me or if you think less of me because I have all that I need in Jesus. And I just don't think that's something you can fake. I mean, that's something you just gotta, you gotta rumble with. Mm-hmm. So, so pastor me a little bit here, Rick. So as I'm thinking about some of the bullet point questions you put on that list that maybe struck me where I'm sensitive, mm. it's one thing for me to be able to say, yeah, I recognize that maybe I'm holding back and I would do well to admit my weaknesses in this area or mm-hmm. to admit my mm-hmm. inhibitions because I'm afraid of appearing inadequate or something mm-hmm. like that. But help me get from awareness and recognition and the ability to admit it to someone to actually living that out in a healthy way. 
Can you can you help me take the next step? Like, yeah, can we go from can we go from very broad mm-hmm. to very specific? Sounds and how good. about I pick one? I'm okay. just going to pick one off the list, so that way we're not necessarily exposing you. <laughs> All right, All right. I appreciate that. <laughs> As I was going through the list, I'd look out in the in the, in the crowd, and I I'd, I'd see people wince. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "All right, you're you're feeling the same thing I feel." Yeah. It, it 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 I felt really connected to the to the people in the audience on Sunday, and then sometimes I would hear people go like, "Oof." <laughs> You know, or they'd they'd make they they'd something something audible. Let yeah. me just pick one. And uh, how about how about this one? It uh, I hope it's not too narrow. Let me pick the one that I used for parents. Okay. All right. Do we ever hold back because uh, from trusting God with our kids instead of uh, or versus trying to control our kids and opting for reputation management? Mm-hmm. Right, and so like I'm a dad. I've got uh, I've got a I've got a kid in college. I got a kid in in high school, and they are going to make their own decisions. And and I love the illusion of control. But if I if I'm ever holding back from being honest about what's going on in their life, or how about this, just tr- letting them make the decisions they're going to make, and trust that God is sovereign over their lives, and He loves them even more than I love them. All right, so let's use let's use that one. All right, so let's say. Svea, that with your kids, you're doing this. With with my kids, I'm, I'm doing this. That we're trying to... No, we're going to control them. And we're going to make sure that they behave in such a way that they don't make us look less. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Or we're recognizing, I can't control them, but I'm always going to shade the story, the narrative, the conversations in such a way that I'm protecting my reputation. Mm-hmm. To other parents, the people who are evaluating me. So this yep, real talk now. You. All yep. right. So let's come. Let's come to your question. So what do we do? Number one, if I recognize, if I felt the, if I felt the reality of conviction. So if I'm listening to that and I feel like the Holy Spirit saying, "This is something for you to lean into," mm-hmm. the response is not, "Woe is me, I'm a horrible person." Right. That doesn't. That's help. shame. Mm-hmm. That's shame. This is what guilt says. This is like God-honoring, gospel-defined guilt. Whoa, that's not really loving my kids. That's less than the kind of love they deserve. That's less than the kind of love that Jesus deserves, mm-hmm. right? So it's less than love, and that's not good for them, and it's ultimately not good for me. And so this is a chance for me to say, all right, Jesus, what is going on here that is causing me to feel so much insecurity with this one? Mm-hmm. All right, so I just want to I want to slow down and make sure that we understand the difference between guilt and shame. Shame says, "Woe is me! Oh, I'm horrible! I feel bad about myself." Mm-hmm. Gospel-defined, God-honoring, love-saturated guilt says, "This is a healthy thing." It says, "Whoa, that's not loving of my kids. That's not loving of Jesus. They both deserve better than that." Would it be fair to say, at least from the way that you just described that, that mm-hmm. shame tends to take all of the focus and put it on yourself yeah. in an unhealthy way, whereas guilt is at least looking at yeah. the outward picture? No, no, How does this impact this someone else? What, How does this impact God? This is what shame is, do, is doing. I'm, let me paint this picture. Jesus, get off the cross. Let me hang there for a while. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's What you did for me on the cross is not enough. I have to be crucified now. Mm. That's not the gospel. Mm-hmm. We, when when the apostle Paul said in, in Galatians chapter two that I'm crucified with Christ, it's not I have to pay the penalty. <laughs> right. It's I'm dying to my old self, my old way, and now I'm 
alive to a brand new life in Jesus. But shame says, Jesus, get off the cross. Let me hang there for a while. Mm -hmm. That's not the gospel. That's religion. I'll be the savior. I have got to, I've got to hurt myself enough. I've got to experience enough pain where I'm kind of paying it off. That's religion. Mm -hmm. That's you save yourself. That's not the gospel. The gospel is Jesus was enough for us. He paid the price for us. And so guilt is, guilt is saying, okay, it's not shame. It's not woe is me. It's not I'm horrible. It's this, I yes, I've sinned. I've done wrong. I violated what it means to love Jesus and to love my kids, and that's not good. And I want to trust and honor. I want to trust and honor Jesus, and I want to love Him, and I want to love others, including my kids in this situation. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, so you'd say at least. So we first have gotten to a point of recognizing yes. this area, mm-hmm. and now we're kind of analyzing what's our our reaction to that. Are and we it, turning it into a shame filled reaction or a guilt? Absolutely. Anybody mm-hmm. who's listening, you got to do that first, because if you try to go on to step two but you're operating from shame, all you're doing is doubling down on a religious approach. Sure. And remember, we are defined by the gospel. We are people of the gospel. All right, so now I've got that right. And so I'm like, okay, it, it's, it violates love for Jesus, violates love for my kids. So now I'm just going to say, well, what's going on there? What is the story that I'm telling myself? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now I'm just going to get really honest about that. I'm going to get honest about that just thinking through it. I'm going to get honest about that in prayer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, God, I believe that your spirit is alive in me and helping me to see your word and helping me to see myself better. Mm-hmm. Will you help me better understand what it is that's going on that I would do that? And then this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to people who I know love me mm-hmm. and who love Jesus. And I'm going to say, I feel like I'm on the struggle bus here. I'm, I'm struggling here. And, and this is even scary for me to admit out loud. What, what do you see in me? And I'm going to allow, I'm just going to, hey, listen, confess your sins to one another, right? Mm-hmm. So that you could be healed. I'm going to, I'm going to let people in my life who I know love Jesus and love me and have my back in on that, kind of help me see that. So, all right, now let's pretend, let, let's kind of just move it forward. So yeah. I'm, I'm doing that. And now I get to the place where I'm realizing, huh, you know what? I really need, or I've been operating from the sense that I need people to affirm me as a dad so that I can feel like I'm a good enough pastor or I'm a good enough Christian. All right. So now I'm like, okay, I just got to say, I've been operating with a bad mindset and I'm going to replace that with the truth. And the truth is, is that none of us are good enough. I understand. Sometimes I hear Christians say, I'm worthy. (laughs) I'm worthy to be loved. I'm worthy to be saved. Well, you're not. Jesus is the one who is worthy. He is the one who is good enough. We weren't, but he loved us so much. I love how Pastor Tim Keller says that you are guilty enough. You are so sinful, so guilty that that Jesus had to die for you. But you were so loved that he was glad to do it, Mm. right? So we got to hold on. It's not that I'm worthy. It's It's that the one who is worthy chose to love me and made me worthy based on what he did. Mm. The one who was good enough chose to give his life for me and make me good enough based solely on what he did, not what I do. Which is absolutely good news because then it's never based on what we're doing. We can't fail in that. We've already been chosen. Mm -hmm. We've already been accepted. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is we're engaging in preaching the gospel to ourselves. Mm. The antidote for a lie is always the truth. And what we have to be able to do is preach the truth to ourselves. Do you know we don't just have a problem figuring out how to speak the truth to other people in love? (laughs) 
A lot of us, and I'm putting the spotlight on myself, we have a problem speaking the truth to ourselves in love. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus is speaking the truth to us in love. The Holy Spirit in the life of the believer is speaking truth to us in love. Let's also speak the truth to ourselves in love. Yeah, I've been operating from this bad mindset. I'm going to change that. So let's say that my son, and I'm so, I, let's just say he He's he's on a he's on a path that I'm not super excited about. It doesn't mean that I'm now posting that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, hey, my son did knucklehead thing X. I'm not I'm not doing <laughs> that, that. Wouldn't be appropriate. Hey, you know, um, I'm gonna make something up. My my son, he uh, pulling out of the garage. He uh, he hit the house and ripped the front end of the of the of the grill of the car off. That right? Like I'm not gonna post something embarrassing about him mm-hmm. or anything. And that's a made up story. My daughter did that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to comment any further on that. Why don't you take a deep breath, finish your giggle, and keep going? All right. Um, so it's not. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go broadcast things, but with people that I love, with people that I know me, when th- when it's appropriate to share all kinds of things that that come up, I'm not going to hide from the truth mm-hmm. because I'm not going to define myself by my performance as a parent. And I'm not going to define myself by my kids' choices. I am defining myself by what Jesus did for me and what he says is true about me. And now all the things that I choose, my attitudes, my beliefs, my thinking, my behavior is defined by who I am in Jesus and what he says about me. Mm-hmm. And it, what I just said is going to sound like word salad. It's going to sound like gibberish. It's going to sound like gob- gobbledygook until you take the time to work through this process. And we got to slow down and it takes time. Mm -hmm. And this is what I think people will discover. Oh my goodness, this is true. My spiritual maturity cannot outpace my emotional maturity because it just takes time to slow down and get honest and work through all the things we're feeling. Let me tell you what's super easy. Go memorize some verses, (laughs) right? Do a Bible study, Mm -hmm. do that. And those things are great. I highly encourage that. But there's a way to hide behind those things and to keep it all at the surface. What we're talking about, people sometimes talk about going deep. It's not so much sometimes about us going deeper in information. It's about the things that we know to be true really going deeper into us. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the kind of process that's that true. I'm talking about. Information is easy. Transformation mm. is hard. Yeah, yeah. And so the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 says to be, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, mm-hmm. changing the way that we think. And so it just takes time to slow down and get honest about that. And it is good. It is so, so good. So I feel like I've been talking for a while. I think you you keyed this up with a, with a really great question. How are we doing? So here's something that you said that, that got me thinking about this. And, and it, it actually kind of stems out of a good discussion I had with my own small group about this yesterday. Um, you, you weren't going to out your son on certain information because that would be inappropriate just to blast that to, uh, to everyone. So in our small group, we were discussing that, that in answering some of these areas of where it's appropriate to show weakness, mm-hmm. of course, you have to have some wisdom here of oh, yeah. when is the right context to share information, to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. to maybe admit how how much on the struggle bus you are mm-hmm. um, and other times where that wouldn't be appropriate. So how does one gain the kind of wisdom 
to be able to discern, is this a moment where I really need to let my shields down and be authentic mm. here? Or is this, is this one of those cases where if I were to do that, it potentially creates a bigger problem for someone else? Yeah. Um, great question. Not an easy answer to that question. If you go read Proverbs, and this is this is some of the things you'll find in Proverbs. First rule of wisdom: go get wisdom. Right. <laughs> well, thank you, Mister Proverb guy. Uh, that's not really helpful, but it's it's kind of like how do you get better at running? You run, mm. and wisdom is not something you can just read about. You got to get in the arena. You just got to get in there and get messy with it and start, just start practicing wisdom. Hang around people who are wise. Mm. Ask people who are wise. And in the same way that we're all kind of wobbly when we're learning how to walk or run or all, you just got to get out there and, and you got to, you got to try it and you got to develop it. Marinate your thinking in God's word. Be around wise people and try it. Now, with this one, we can ask ourselves some questions. Is it, does it benefit this person to know? Right? Mm-hmm. Is there? Is there? Do I have to be dishonest in order to withhold? I mean, we can start. We can start thinking about this. The problem is, wisdom cannot be reduced to a set of rules. Sure. And mm-hmm. we want to. It's easy to want to reduce wisdom to a policy. It's easy to want to reduce wisdom to a set of rules, but we can't. Wisdom is a is the ability to take all the information you have and know how to rightly apply it in a given situation. And so, it's just something that you're going to have to. You're going to have to grow in it. It's okay to slow down and say, okay, what are the, if I share, I'm going to look ahead, what are the consequences or what are the outcomes of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so start to play, there's an older kind of expression, play the movie forward. I guess it made more sense during VCR days, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there might be people listening who don't even know what a VCR is, but <laughs> you know, kind of. Play it forward. If I have this conversation, what is it going to do for this person? What is it going to do for other people who I'm talking about? What are the possible ramifications of that? And you want to anticipate that and make your decision based on looking ahead mm-hmm. as well. I don't know if I'm doing a good job of no, of, that's, of describing that. That's that's helpful. I think uh, thinking that through ahead of time would save a lot of us sometimes for saying something that we regret in the mm-hmm. moment. If, if you take that moment to just play it forward and how is this likely to land? Am I giving somebody uh, information that they're not strong enough to carry. Mm-hmm. That's another one to ask. Am I volunteering information that they didn't ask for? Um, Kathy Keller, uh, when uh, she's the wife of, of Tim, Tim Keller, Keller, and one of the rules that they operated by in their church, which I thought was phenomenal, and it was a great way to really help protect them um, from developing gossip in their culture and really keeping that at bay, is you know talk about other people as though they were listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very wise. Yeah. So one of the points you made about midway through the message was if people don't ever see us as weak, how will they see Jesus as strong? Mm-hmm. And I loved that point because I think that's somewhere of, of where I've maybe shortchanged the the power of God and mm-hmm. in what I could offer someone. Oh, yeah. If I'm too focused on I want to sound smart mm-hmm. or or I want to seem like I've, I've got this or I'm capable of something... I'm actually just doing a grave disservice to everyone else, including myself, because I'm just trying to show people Svea rather than show them Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that also seems like a helpful filter for me, too, and, and as you're playing things forward mm-hmm. um, of thinking through who's looking good in this story here. Yeah. Is this something that's bringing glory to me or bringing glory to Jesus? 
Somebody in our church gave me a little whooping with this one one time. Really? Yeah. And uh, there's someone in our church who I'll go to and meet with from time to time, um, professional counselor, and just kind of just check in because, you know, sometimes I just need somebody else's help. Am I seeing this right? Am I seeing me mm-hmm. okay? And, and I remember one time she said to me is, you don't let other people see how things hurt you. you, you that's a good, it's good to let people see how things hurt you, how mm-hmm. things how things grieve you, how things bother you. You got to let people see that instead of just trying to look kind of like you have it all together all the time. I'm like, well, well, you put it put it like that. I mean, I don't know how to argue with it, but yeah, guilty as charged. I, I do that. And um, here's here's kind of the beauty of that too. When we, when we always try to pro- project ourselves as though we're strong and have it all together and we're not really wounded, it teaches people that, well, that doesn't wound them. But what's mm-hmm. going on on the inside? We're feeling all the pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, it's good to say, oh, man, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling tired here. This, that hurts. Um, and so in times of conflict, there's a way this, that plays out. But I think in the role of being a pastor, I think it's totally okay to say, yeah, this is, a, this is a hard time. Or I don't totally know the answer to this. This is where I feel like I'm not just at my limit, but mm-hmm. beyond my limit. And um, I'm, I, I love the illusion of, of feeling like I can handle it. But this is one of those times that God's just showing me that I know that I can't. And mm-hmm. um, let other people see how we're how we have to trust. And let me talk to the parents out there. Do your kids see you as weak? Do your kids see you as needing Jesus? This is one of the things that Heather and I try to remember to do is to let our kids know when we're tired, when we're, uh, we don't know the answers, when we're stressed, when we're, what we're praying about and, and how we really need the strength of God in our lives because we don't have it on our own. And I don't want to accidentally convince my kids that I didn't need Jesus, yeah. but I spent my life telling other people how they, how other people needed Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's, that's an easy trap to fall into. Well, even just thinking back from the message two weeks ago when we saw Jesus himself as he was approaching his death, he didn't mm-hmm. do it like some Marvel superhero, Yeah, you know, just acting like he's this big tough guy and nothing bothers him. Mm-hmm. But he was very transparent with his closest friends yeah. about the agony he mm-hmm. was feeling in approaching this moment and asking them to pray for him, accepting help from the angels. I don't think that Jesus felt fear. Um, I, I just don't believe he, I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's possible for Jesus to feel fear. Maybe that's something we could talk about. Maybe somebody asked questions about that. We could talk about that in the next episode, but he certainly talked about the agony that he felt, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the hurt that he felt. Um, I think it's good for us just to, just to share that. And I think it's good for us to say, Hey, I know we're not supposed to be afraid, but I feel afraid here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is where, this is where I'm really needing, I'm, I'm needing God's courage and I'm needing to borrow some courage for my friends, for my brothers and sisters in Christ who are, who are feeling, who are feeling strong right now. Um, it's yeah, just drop our guard. I, the, I rarely refer to the title of the message, but the title of this message was shields down. Just put the shields down yeah. and just be, just be honest. And that's when other people are able to really encourage us. Well, and, and so often when people have done that with me mm-hmm. and they're they're vulnerable with me, they're they're showing that, or if they're asking for help in a way that's that's uh, allowing me to come and comfort them or minister to them in that moment, I love that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just such a good feeling to be able to care for someone else in that kind of a vulnerable moment. And uh, and how silly are we that we think that that uh, we don't want anyone to think that of our of ourselves, and yet. 
It's such a beautiful thing to offer that to someone else. Oh, I know. And here's the deal. When we kind of slip into that religious mindset, we don't need it, we're strong enough, we got it. What we're actually teaching people is Jesus is for those who have it all together Mm. while preaching that no one has it all together. And that's why Jesus, that's part of why Jesus came was to, oh my goodness, it's it's incoherent. Let me use that word. It is, it's incoherent. And I don't want to live that way. Mm Mm-hmm. But sometimes I want to live that way. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Well, I appreciate you going uh, vulnerable with me on this this discussion. I think I'm more ready to high-five you than slap you at this point. (laughs) And listen, the goal was not to, hey, everybody feel bad here. I'm just, I just started writing down things that I could relate to. Yeah. And uh, and when I was in my office, I have this big uh, dry erase board and I had like three things in mind and I wrote them down and it just, then another one, then another one. I mean, and and I had the whole thing full and I was just like, ah, I can relate to this. I want to if other people can relate to it. I don't want to be the guy who preaches in a way that pretends that all of life is neat and tidy and safe, right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 love, uh, I love C.S. Lewis and uh, the way that he wrote, uh, wrote the Aslan character is that Aslan isn't safe, but he's good, yeah. right? And, and Jesus, um, while it is safe to come to Jesus, my sin isn't safe. My insecurity isn't safe. All the things that would undermine me are not safe with him because he is good and because he's, because he's loving. It's okay for me just to kind of get that out there and allow him by his spirit to transform me and to grow me. And uh, when you know it, he just loves having other people involved in that process too. No Lone Ranger yeah. uh, Christianity. And so when we can just drop our shields and get honest with ourselves, get honest with him, get honest with others, we experience the, the just the beauty of the Christian life. And I don't think there's anything else like it. And I want people to know it and experience it. And, and we need to be able to do that here in our church if mm-hmm. we're ever going to, to get closer and closer and closer to our vision of wanting to be a place where hurting and skeptical and people love mm-hmm. to be. There's a woman in our church. She was just in a class uh, that that I taught recently, a class called uh, Gospel Fluency, and I look forward to the next time to to get to do that. And so we were just talking about the, what happens when people live this way. And she said, who wouldn't want that? That's so appealing. If yeah. that was our culture, our church would be full. And I was like, man, how can I just need to bottle her and spread her around <laughs> to everyone? She just captured it beautifully. And what we're talking about is if we dare to live, to, to, to preach the gospel to ourselves and live the gospel, we will have a compelling culture and it will woo more people than we know how to imagine to Jesus because he is irresistible. Well, thank you for answering all of my questions this week. I look forward to uh, an episode next week of hearing what questions will come up from our listeners and uh, and going from there. That's right. They can send those questions into podcast at autumnridgechurch.org. All right. We'll see you next week.